Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good hey, morning. Ooh, who prayed morning. together last night? Awesome. Okay. Let me ask you this. What couple, and it's okay, you know, it's okay. Let's just be vulnerable and honest. What couple here doesn't pray together too often? Okay. There's a couple. So did you feel like that helped praying together, joining your faith together, aligning your faith with one another. Really want to encourage you to continue doing that. There is such a vulnerability and a union that is formed when the two of you pray together. So at least every day, if not once a week, join your faith with one another, okay? All right, we're going to do some Q&A. Babe, do you want to start us out? Question and answer. So how is this going to go? I'm going to read one. I'm going to try and answer it, then she's going to read the next one and try and answer that. And we might interrupt one another and add a little bit to each other, right? Okay. So these are your questions. What have you found works navigating time and parenting small kids? Um, <laughs> that was a long time. Our youngest is 13. And you forget, you really forget, you know. I, I can't even remember what it's like to change a diaper. It's been so long. I mean. <laughs> We've changed Elijah's diapers. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's, that's true. That's true. Um, I love little kids, so it's, it's a different story right now. I, I feel like I'm getting close to the grandparent age where I just love little kids. And their their joy and everything and the fact that they're not my little kids you know i can pass <laughs> them when they're you know but um i, I feel yeah no go ahead i i think the biggest thing for navigating um time and parenting the two of you is to make it a point to connect individually um, or together for the two of you. And I think that's another question in here is how often do you date? So I'm going to pair that with that. Try to go on a date once a week. And I know yeah. that it is hard with small children. So minimally try to go at least once a month, just the two of you. Okay. As your kids get older, it'll get easier to bump that up to once a week. But um, that is the biggest thing for uh, keeping your time together um, so that you continue to be on the same page and communicate without kids calling your name. Do you want to add anything yeah. to that? Yeah, I would recommend this. This is my little tip, my little tidbit. Uh, pay your babysitters well. Yes. Okay. I know that financially it might be a little bit of a strain to do this, to prioritize this, um, when if, especially if you have a, a tight budget. Um, but pay your babysitter well so that you have a babysitter. Because <laughs> um, otherwise, if you don't pay them well, you're going to find, yeah, I'm busy that night. Um, I can't do it. So um, be sure that you prioritize it in every area, financially, everything like that. So that's a little tip and a tidbit. You should get in the habit of doing that early early and do it often. And another thing that I want to add on for the ones in here that have older kids, this is something that Pastor Paul and Dana did for us because we don't, don't, didn't have just parents next door. 
and they watched our kids when they were little quite often for us, and we've passed that on to Adam and Cherie. And um, I think it's something that is really important to do, especially if you know a couple that doesn't have uh, family around to help. And you guys have family, but sometimes it's hard to ask. You don't want to inconvenience people. So just offer it to people. Just be a blessing to them. You do the next one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what it's do your you turn. <laughs> <laughs> What do you wish you knew about raising kids that you know now and didn't know before. What do I wish I knew about raising kids? Huh, well, a lot, oops. Um, I wish that I knew how to be in the moment more. Um, I wish that I realized how fleeting it is um, and how fast they grow. How fast it goes, yeah. Um, and once it's gone, it's gone. I wish I knew to take Get vacation. those memories. Yeah, to take yeah. vacations more as a family when they're little. I wish I knew that for sure. Yeah, you could always be busy and stay busy at any point in your life, work the overtime or do whatever, but you're not always gonna be able to get that time back with your kids. Uh, so take the time, prioritize the time. Life is short, order the size up or what, you know, what's that saying, you know? Take the time to do that. Uh, it's, it's important and you're gonna be glad that you did. And take a lot of memories, take a lot of photos, a lot of video. Um, you're gonna be, those are gonna be very precious and valuable and tools for embarrassing them when they get older, okay? So, um, yeah, that's, what I, that's one thing I do wish is, is how much you will, trust me, you will look back and think, where did it all go? seems so long it seems like it was going so slowly as you were going through it but once it's gone it's gone um, pastor dana said this once i think about it all the time i turn around and it's easter that's what literally what you said and as you get older life does get faster and i feel like that for every season like i blink and that season is over so really cherish that time that you have this next one is mine. What's your favorite scripture? Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. It's always been my favorite. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not un unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. What's important about that is when you acknowledge him, we think acknowledging him is about, uh, uh, it's about, what does the word acknowledge mean? It means to realize that he's there all along, but it's you that acknowledges him. It doesn't mean that you ask him to come there. Acknowledge doesn't mean invite him in. Acknowledge means he's already there. You just need to realize he's there. That's what acknowledge means. He'll never leave you, but it's a, the acknowledgement of him that means that he, he directs your paths. It's knowing that his love is unconditional that makes us more than conquerors, amen? So knowing that, trusting him unconditionally, loving him, acknowledging that he's always been there, he will never leave you no matter what, that's powerful. 
I'm going to take this one. How do you raise kids to have strong relationships with God? Um, I think through your strong relationship with God, they will see it. Um, pray, pray together as a family, but also don't be afraid to go around the house and just pray in tongues and have them witness that as well. Um, take every opportunity to communicate with them. Don't talk to them. Talk with them. Get to hear where they're at instead of just forcing your views upon them. Really hear what they have to say. Um, they're a different person than you are, and they have different, you know, thoughts, and just, yeah, they got a lot in them. I, I think both Liz and I grew up in a time where um, to raise your kids, it was, these are the rules under my house. You'll do them as long as you're living here. You understand that? You understand that? And uh, as good as rules are, uh, if, if it's only your rules and then they leave and it's not your children's rules, then what good? What's, you know, those rules need to become your, your children's rules and they only become that through relationship. Um, so you need to talk with them through this stuff, ask them questions, uh, relate to them, find out what they think about this stuff, okay? Because you're there to guide them. It's important for you to guide them, but it's, it does no good for you to enforce something that they're not picking up themselves. If they shed it off as soon as they leave the house, then what good was any of it anyway? Um, make sure that your relationship is there, that it's not just a bunch of rules, that it's being imparted into them and you're talking with them, you're communicating with them, not talking at them. So... And apologize when you mess up too. You know, we're flesh. It's good for them to see yeah. that. Yeah. All right. What is the best thing to convince our spouse that you are right and they are wrong? No, I'm just kidding. Um, to convince our spouse they are doing good things. So what's the best thing to convince our spouse they are doing good things? I think, uh, why don't you go? Yeah, well, you had I just, something. Go ahead. When I read this, I just thought of the aspect of um, speaking good over your spouse, even if you're not actually seeing it in the natural. You know, encouraging and speaking life into them, I think is very crucial. Um, oftentimes, we just want to pick out the negative and focus on that but you know who you're married to. You know that inner person. You know the good inside of them. Pull that out of them. Constantly uplift and encourage them and speak that life over them. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the first way right there is tell them. <laughs> What's the best way to convince them that they are doing good things? Tell them. Um, don't be afraid to, to tell them about that. But another thing is to ask for feedback. Um, you never know how much you're going to get until you ask for feedback. This goes for every area in life. You could gain so much from people by saying, hey, if, if you were in my shoes, what's, what's something that you would change, okay? Um, what's something that I'm doing good? Uh, just ask for that feedback. 
you could go a whole decade in marriage and never know, you know, never know what they really think about this stuff. There's communication is so important. There, there's many marriage conferences where we've taken a whole, in fact, marriage counseling, premarital counseling, we'll take a whole session on communication because you've got all these issues in marriage that, that people, couples end up in front of marriage counselors talking about these issues that they have, issues with sex, issues with money, issues with, uh, you know, all these different things. And it turns out almost every counselor will tell you, it turns out these aren't the issues. The main issue is communication. So figure out what that root is. You need to talk to one another, need to know how to talk to one another. We think that our spouse can read our minds and we get mad at them. You're not picking up on my telekinesis. Um, but have you actually talked to them? It might, well, it's going to be awkward. Talk to them. Find a, find a way to break through the awkwardness and talk to them and communicate. Learn, get some lessons on how to communicate. You know, it's one of the most important things in your marriage is communication. And you, you haven't even spent 10 minutes learning the proper ways to communicate. I see, I feel, I need. How about that? That method that just about every marriage book will tell you about. I see this, I feel this way, and I need you to, you know, you, you need to learn those proper communication skills. Um, it's so important in marriage because yeah. you guys don't share the same brain. You have to use your mouth. Even though you're one, yeah. you don't share the same brain. There's got to be that communication there. So, And don't wait until you're mad and it just comes out in anger. <laughs> uh, what do you do in your marriage to keep it strong and continue to grow the love? <laughs> I like how both of us, it's our turn to do it, and we look at the other one. You answered this one instead. <laughs> Uh, well, I could, I, I have answers, but I want to hear what you say. Okay. What do you do in your marriage to keep it strong and to continue to grow your love? I think growing as a person is important. So growing into a complete, healthy, whole individual is very important to become, to having a more healthy marriage. Um, a lot of times you could look towards your spouse, towards being the the thing that's gonna be your crutch. A lot of people go into marriage thinking, well, this is going to help complete me and be that, fill the voids that, uh, the weaknesses that I have that, uh, that are going to complete me. And although your spouse will help you in many ways, you need to focus on being a complete whole person yourself. Be, the two becoming one should be two very whole, complete people coming together to be one, okay? Um, you go. <laughs> no, I think you summed it up really well. I would add, you know, what I just said this morning, praying together, and then I would add get going on vacations. I'm going to look at it in the natural. <laughs> going, yeah. going on vacation every, you know, three years, like a legit vacation, just the two of you. Yeah, prioritize um, time together. What was the turning point for you both to connect spiritually? Uh, getting married, I think. <laughs> For us, we've, I, I think we've always had a, a spiritual connection. We there. have always had yeah. a spiritual connection. There's been other things that have been really off with us. <laughs> yeah. But our spiritual Every connection. Every marriage has the strengths and the weaknesses. <laughs> we've had 
weakness has been just about every other area for us. The spiritual connection has been uh, very strong for us throughout the years. Yeah. We've always had a, that's one thing that we were able to come together on, even if uh, we're arguing about everything else or things were, were bad in every other area, uh, we had that spiritual connection there. Yeah, that was but, always strong, and that's very important. But I would say a turning point, if I had to answer the question correctly, would be when we, about the five-year mark, when we went through our slump in our marriage and was very close to divorce, um, it was like we were at rock bottom. And it's at that point where you are truly you have nothing left, it's gotta be God, because I don't see how I can even get through this without him. Yeah. I think that would be the turning point, Yeah. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last one. What is something you wish you knew when you first got married? <laughs> to not get married so young, no. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, I really want our kids to get married young. I think it's beautiful getting married young because we you grew up together. You grew I mean, up come together. On. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It really is. Um, we were such we were kids. We were kids. Uh, I say? mean, you know. Um, but what do we wish that we knew? Um, I think that we wish that we knew better to com how to better communicate. And uh, I think that we wish that we knew um, more of the stuff that we're teaching right here, right now, marriage in the spirit. Um, because you want to make it all about what you do, and it's really about who you are. And that relationship with you and God, uh, it flows out in the vertical, in the horizontal area as well, um, towards one another that it's not about what, what I do, but it's about who I am with my spouse. So I could cut myself a break, and while I'm at it, I could cut my spouse a break too. It's not about what my spouse does. It's about who she is. It's a, I focus on that identity more, that it's about, um, let's focus first and foremost about who this person is because when you get that identity right what does god say about you this is the best wife in the world this is a queen okay and you've heard the saying before that uh um, if you want a queen if you want to be treated like a king then treat her like a queen and same goes vice versa if she wants to be treated like a queen treat me like a king well when you establish that identity with one another and that's, that's fixed, that's solidified in your mind and nothing's ever going to change your mind and, and convince you otherwise, then the things that you do flow th from that. You know, the flesh wants to say what you do identifies who you are, but the spirit, it's the other way around. It's who you are. The works flow from that, okay? So establish who you are first and foremost. And, and what I'm talking about, this is, uh, even psychology will back up what I say, that you, you will regress or progress to the means of what you believe about yourself, okay? And so what you believe about yourself is, is highly made up by the people around you, including the closest person to you, your spouse, uh, 
um, the way that you're being treated, if they're always treating you in a way that is lower, a low level and treating you based on the way that you act and just, you know, so frustrated and stuff and you, it, it opens the door for you to continue acting that way. But if you're treating them at the level that you're having faith for them to be, treating them like a king, treating them like a queen, treating them the identity that God has put over them, speak over them the identity God has put over them. If you're treating them at that level, it enables them to rise up to that level. That faith, there's, there's so many different levels to that where you're able to, to, to lay into that and it helps elevate it. And have we seen that in our marriage? You bet. You bet. There have been, <laughs> you betcha. Um, both her and me have, have brought each other to these places where we've not treated the other the way that we've deserved but we've treated each other in faith in God and it's opened up a door to, to elevate because that stuff creates your reality, okay? You don't like your marriage because of what this person is doing. Well, have you tried having faith and treating them in a way and speaking things that be not as though they were having that faith, putting your faith in the spirit over them and seeing, I guarantee you'll see results. It will happen. That's, that's spiritual. So that spiritual side of it, the spiritual side of marriage is the thing that I wish that we would have latched onto a lot sooner in our marriage. Um, what do you have to add to that? Oh, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. That's all the questions. So I'm going to go take my seat and this woman right here is going to bring the word. Bring the word. Do you want me to take the questions here? All right.